Hello everybody, uh, I'm Kia Ora. Today we will talk about the results of research uh, which proposes a new specification uh, for the use of chrome rubber binders in the construction of asphalt pavements. Uh, we have more than 270 people registered for today's session. Welcome to you all and thanks for joining us. My name is Ekaterina, I'm a communications officer at Austroads and I will be moderating today's session. First of all, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to all this past, present and emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitani and Maori as the original people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. Uh, we are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. The project that we are focusing on today was delivered under the Transport Infrastructure Program, which is managed by Ross Gardby. So a bit of housekeeping as usual. Our presenter will speak for 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session uh, for 15 minutes. The report and the slides for today's presentation can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. Um, there is a question section there uh, as well, so you can use it to send us your questions uh, for the Q&A at any stage during the webinar. If your question relates to any particular slide, please include the slide number in your message to help us answer your question as best as we can. You can also use that same box to let us know if you have any technical problems, but a quick tip, um, if you lose sound or your picture freezes, the issue is most likely with your connection. So closing your browser uh, and rejoining the session uh, via your registration link usually helps. This session is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. If you listen to podcasts, uh, we, you can find Austroads in your podcast app. So our presenter today is uh, Robert Urquhart. Robert is a national discipline leader at the Australian Road Research Board. Over the past 11 years, uh, he has contributed to numerous Austroads research projects um, on bituminous binders, including studies of uh, how polymer-modified binder test properties can be used to predict road performance, uh, improvements to the Austroads uh, spray seal design for low-volume roads, and studies um, um, of the effects of carter test properties on sprayed seal performance. Robert has also been extensively involved in the revision of several Austroads test methods and Australian standards um, relating to bituminous products. Welcome, Robert, uh, and over to you. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Right, okay, we can see Elena, the slide. you see and hear me? Yes, perfectly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, Good. thank you. So thank you very much for the introduction. Um, whoops, what just happened? Today's talk, um, yes, yes, sorry. I've just had a bit of a problem here. Um, today's talk um, will comprise of a, a number of different sections. I'll talk about in an introduction to the team. Um, I'll then talk about the project background and aims. Uh, the project has three components. There's a literature review component. Uh, there's a binder testing and proposed specification development component, and an asphalt testing component. And then finally, I'll do a summary and there'll be a, a question and answer at the end. So in terms of an introduction to the team, 
the project team, the core project team, mainly involved uh, the Ostroge project manager, uh, John Ainoff, who directed the project. And in terms of the technical leads at ARB, it included myself as the project leader and Young Troy as the quality manager. The project was reviewed throughout uh, by the Bitumenous Surfacings Technical Group, BSTG, and it was also reviewed by the Ostro's Pavement Task Force. This project was funded from three different sources, which included Ostro's, Ties Stewardship Australia, and the Federal Government Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development and Communications. Oops. Oops. Yes. Um, in terms of the technical group that looked after the project, uh, it included representatives from each of the major jurisdictions in Australia and New Zealand. The technical group also included a number of industry members, which I've included on the slide here. So in terms of the project, I'll just basically go through the project background and aims in the next section, and then we'll talk about the other parts of the project. In terms of the project background, Australia and New Zealand produce about 510,000 tonnes of end of life tyres annually. And putting them into roads after you've crushed them up is a, a, is a more environmentally friendly use than putting them into landfill fill or sending them overseas and possibly them getting burnt overseas. Crumb rubber and use of crumb rubber in, in roads in Australia is not new and it's actually been used uh, to enhance the performance of sprayed seals for many decades. And the process that's been involved is to crush up the tyres, use the crumb rubber and then add it to bitumen, let it brew for a little while and that binder is then sprayed on the road. And that process of adding the crumb rubber to the bitumen and then spraying the binder is referred to as the wet process. As a result of the long-term use of crumb rubber binder grades in sprayed seals, there's actually three crumb rubber binder grades included in the um, ATS 3110, which is the National Polymer Modified Specification for use in sprayed sealing applications. And these include S45R and S15RF grades, which normally contain 15% crumb rubber and S18RF, which normally contains 18%. One of the issues with ATS 3110 at the moment is even though it includes uh, grades for sprayed sealing applications, it doesn't include ones for asphalt applications. As a result of the lack of um, crumb rubber grades for use in asphalt in ATS 3110, TMR, uh, Main Roads WA and APA have recently done some work over the last five years to develop specifications for wet process crumb rubber binders to be used in open graded and gap graded asphalt. Instead of using ATS 3110 properties, they're based the, the properties of the binder and the asphalt processes um, based on US technology, i.e. technology in Arizona and California. And what that's resulted in is that the binders, um, crumb rubber binders specified for the use in asphalt are specified using different tests and testing protocols than binders used in sprayed seals. So one of the main aims of the binder development work in this project was to see if we could align 
the specified properties of chrome rubber binders used in asphalt with those used in sprayed seals. Another part of the project in terms of the, the binder specification work is that DOT Victoria have used a blend of C170 bitumen and 9% or 10 parts chrome rubber in high stress seals for many decades. The use of this type of binder has been restricted to Victoria because um, the binder is currently specified in terms of a recipe. So one of the other aims of the project was to see whether we could specify this type of binder in terms of ATS 3110 properties so it could easily be used by other Austro's jurisdictions in sprayed sealing applications. So in terms of the project aims, there was three main aims of the project. One was the binder specification proposal work, which I've uh, talked about into the introduction. There was also some literature reviews and asphalt performance tests that were done in the project. The aim of the binder specification proposal work was essentially to determine whether the specified properties of the crumb rubber binders which had been trialled in Queensland could be made consistent with those specified in ATS 3110 when crumb rubber binders are used in sprayed seals, i.e. can we specify the binders used in asphalts using the same tests as the ones used in sprayed seals. And the other aim was to propose ATS 3110 specification limits for the blend of C170 and 9% chrome rubber for use in sprayed sealing applications. There were four literature reviews done in the project, which I'll put in dot points there, and I'll go through the main outcomes of these a bit later on in the webinar. Um, the final part of the project uh, was to have a look at the asphalt performance of the chrome rubber binders. And the aim of this work was to compare the asphalt performance of binders which contain different levels of crumb rubber to determine how the level of crumb rubber in a binder affects asphalt performance. We did all these tests in a single type of 14 mil uh, gap graded asphalt mix. And we also included two control binders, a C320 bitumen and an A15 PMB. So that's the main aims of the project. I'll just briefly go through the, the literature reviews uh, that we did in the project and the main outcomes. There's a lot of detail in the report, but I'll just try and sort of summarise the take home messages. In section two of the report, there's a, a literature review into the benefits and impediments of using crumb rubber in road construction. The main benefits associated using crumb rubber is that it allows end of life tyres to be used for a, a good purpose rather than sent to landfill or otherwise burn. There's a, a lot of literature which indicates that adding crumb rubber to bitumen improves sprayed seal and asphalt performance in terms of a lower risk of bleeding, increased deformation and crack resistance and better oxidation resistance. The main impediments to the use of crumb rubber in, in roads is that you need a good supply of crumb rubber of good quality. There are some emissions and odours that can occur in, during construction. You can have segregation and degradation of crumb rubber binders, which you can fix by mixing the 
the materials before they're used and not storing them too long hot. And there has been some literature which says that you do get some increased road construction costs for using um, crumb rubber binders, but it's generally believed that these costs are offset by an increased pavement life. Section three of the report basically summarises the Australian research into the use of crumb rubber binders in asphalt. Most of it uh, covers the TMR and MRWA studies, but there's also been some studies by other jurisdictions. In terms of the TMR and MRWA studies, uh, basically the current specifications for crumb rubber binders to be used in asphalt are a combination of of two um, US specifications. The binder properties included in the specification are essentially the Arizona requirements for a CRA type two binder, which I'll put in the first um, table on the, on the left, on the right hand side of the slide. And they also include another factor, which is called the binder design testing requirements of the Californian specification, which is the lower table down there. What these involve is making up a lab blend using representative materials, a bit like doing an asphalt mix design and testing the binder with the representative materials to see if it meets the spec before you've actually made a binder batch. And that's quite different to what, how um, other binders are tested in ATS 3110. Just as a bit of information, even though the, the specs are a combination of two specs, um, the crumb rubber binders produced in Arizona are, are different from those produced in California. The Arizona binders typically contain about 17% crumb rubber or more and are blended typically at 163 to 191. Whereas the California crumb rubber binders um, contain more crumb rubber and they use two types of crumb rubber rather than one. There's a combining oil in there and they're blended at a slightly higher temperature than the Arizona ones. In terms of the trials that have been done, there's been essentially trials in open graded asphalt and gap graded asphalt that have been done in both Queensland and Western Australia. And these uh, trials have included the use of warm mix additives to reduce the level of emissions during mixing and construction. Even though the, the binders have been specified uh, using American tests and different testing protocols um, than used in ATS 3110, if you actually have a look at the types of binders that were produced, which are on the right hand um, column of the table on the slide, you see that most of the binders are effectively blends of C170 bitumen and 18% crumb rubber which actually happens to be the nominal formulation for an S18 RF grade binder. So due to this on the literature review, the um, specification development work focused on getting the properties for a blend of C170 bitumen and 18% crumb rubber. In terms of other trials that have been performed, there has been a trial conducted by DOT in Victoria uh, which included three uh, sections which contain crumb rubber binders produced by the wet process and one crumb rubber asphalt section produced by the dry process. Now the dry process is different from the wet process as you 
uh, don't mix the crumb rubber with the bitumen before you add it to the asphalt and actually add the crumb rubber with the aggregate. One of the differences with the DOT trials from the other trials was that the binders were formulated by individual suppliers, so there weren't any specifications. There's also been um, some trials done in South Australia during 2008 using a different type of crumb rubber binder, which was contained 15% crumb rubber, and these trials were done in dense graded asphalt this binder was produced by another process called the terminal blend process, which is essentially the wet process, but you cook or treat the, the binder at high temperature for a, a long period so that the rubber particles essentially dissolve in the bitumen. And further trial sites have been established in, in five other local jurisdictions using this terminal blend binder. The next section of the report has a look at the specifications um, for crumb rubber that's added to binders both in Australia and overseas. In terms of Australia, ATS 3110 includes the requirements for two types of crumb rubber, a larger size 16 crumb rubber and a smaller size 30 crumb rubber. But all the information I got during the project was that size 16 crumb rubber is not available anymore. So if you take that into account, in terms of sprayed seals, most Australian jurisdictions effectively specify size 13 crumb rubber or something quite similar to it for sprayed sealing applications. In terms of ap asphalt applications, main roads Western Australia also specify material that's quite similar to size 30 crumb rubber. One of the differences is with the TMR and AFA specification for crumb rubber used in asphalt is most of the tests are the same. However, the grading requirement for the crumb rubber is, a, is less stringent than the other specifications. It's only 100% passing the 2.3 millimetre sieve. We also did an extensive review of an international specifications for crumb rubber in the in the project and looked at the international specifications. There's a US national specification, as well as the ones in California, Arizona, Texas, Florida, and Spain. And if you look at the specifications overall, they're, they're different in terms of the numbers, but most of these specifications specify similar test properties to ATS 3110, particularly things like particle size. One of the biggest variations I saw when I had a look at the different international specifications was the size of the crumb rubber specified by different jurisdictions. And it basically seems to vary from a size that's much larger than size 16 in ATS 3110 for a place like California to much finer than size 30 crumb rubber, for example, in Florida. In terms of South Africa, there's no specified requirements for the crumb rubber added to binders, uh, but there are some typical values that are in the literature. Um, South Africa mainly um, goes on the, the test properties of the finished binder in terms of compliance. The final um, literature review that's included in the project looked into um, studies that had looked at the effect of crumb rubber properties on binder and asphalt mix performance.
Most of these studies looked at the effect of crumb rubber size on binder and asphalt mix properties. And the take home message from this was basically that the size of the crumb rubber within the range that they looked at in each of the study didn't seem to affect most binder properties or asphalt mix properties. The property that did seem to be most affected by um, the size of the crumb rubber was the viscosity results obtained from the binder at high temperatures, typically between 135 and 190. And what these studies mostly showed that if you use larger um, crumb rubber in your binder, the viscosity at high temperatures will be generally lower. And if you use smaller, the viscosity will be generally higher. So just a reminder, if you can send us your questions and I can attempt to answer them at the end of the webinar. So the second section of the project was looking at some binder testing and taking those binder test results to proposed um, specifications for a binder that normally contained 18% crumb rubber for asphalt work and a binder that normally contained 9% rubber for sprayed sealing applications which is what I've just said here. Just for the international people, um, we use our own individual um, bitumen grades, but C170 bitumen is equivalent to about 7100 pen bitumen or a PG5822. So the experimental method we um, use to um, prepare binders, test them and develop specification limits. Initially involved preparing crumb rubber blends in the lab containing C170 bitumen and between 0 and 20% crumb rubber using identical raw materials and manufacturing conditions. And we used one hour low shear mixing at 190. We used identical raw materials and manufacturing conditions so you could see how the test properties changed only as a function of the content of crumb rubber in the binder. Once we'd made those um, blends, we then tested them for ATS3110 properties. And we also did some American tests so we could have a look at the correlations between the Australian tests and the American tests. So the, test, the American tests that we did included viscosity at 175 and 190 and resilience at 25. So we had a data set of results and it's known that lab blends don't um, give exactly the results of what a plant blend will do. So what we tried to do was adjust these results to um, for an S45R grade binder, which is currently included in ATS3110. And we made that binder using the same manufacturing conditions bitumen and crumb rubber and subjected it to the same binder tests. In order to get specification limits, rather than taking the results for the, for the raw black, um, lab blends, we compared the results we got for the lab blends with the lab S45R binder to get shift factors for the difference in the composition of the binders. So for example, if the if the bind that we tested had a result that was 50% of the S45R binder, then you'd expect that the spec for the 
the new binder would be about 50% of the current spec for S45R. We then use the shift factors and the current ATS3110 specified properties of S45R to obtain specification limits for binders which contained the C170 bitumen and different levels of crumb rubber. This slide here shows a summary of all the, the lab blend results we got for the, for the blends which contain between 0% crumb rubber, which is basically C170 bitumen and 20% crumb rubber. I've also included the um, results we got for the S45R binder in the table. Basically what we found overall is most of, if not all the test results went up as you added more crumb rubber to the binder. And the S45R binder contained 81% C170 bitumen, 15% crumb rubber, and 4% of a polymer combining oil. So we got a nice set of results, but as when you do lab tests, you always run into problems. Um, when we made the 20% crumb rubber binder, it was actually too thick to, to pour when we reheated it. And you couldn't actually pour it out of the tin. What you actually had to do was shovel it out with a spatula and ram it into the test equipment. The 20% crumb rubber binder, the consistency is basically like a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. In terms of uh, the positive results, we found that all the lab blend results varied in a very regular way as the crumb rubber content in the binder was increased. And I'll put some plots down the bottom of torsional recovery and softening point. And you can see that the results we got, there was a very consistent variation in the test properties as we increase the crumb rubber in the binder. The results were, uh, that I got for the 20% crumb rubber blend were presented to the BSTG um, probably in about May last year. And everyone was confused, including me. Why was this 20% crumb rubber binder so thick when the Californian binders contain 20% rubber and they seem to work fine? I've shown a picture over on the right-hand side. That's basically the, the Slurpee binder um, that we got. And we're trying to do some softening point tests by shoving the binder into the rings. So what to investigate this further, uh, we did some additional lab blends with 20% crumb rubber and tried to mimic the Californian production process to see if we could reduce the viscosity of the binders. The binders were produced by blending at 210 degrees rather than 190 because that's mid-range in the Californian binder range. And we also added some combining oils at the levels recommended in the Californian specification. What we found was that blending at 210 reduced the viscosity at 190 of the binders into the Californian range. And these binders actually met the Californian viscosity test, the softening point test and the resilience test. So heating it at a higher temperature was a way to reduce the viscosity of the binders. One of the negative effects of this was that other test properties also reduced as well as the viscosity and they ended up being similar or lower 
than an 18% chrome rubber binder produced at 190. So even though the um, using a higher temperature was able to get binders that had a, an okay viscosity range, it reduced all the other test properties. So it seemed that the higher blending temperature appeared to degrade or dissolve the chrome rubber. We also sent some of these results back to experts in California. And one of the reasons that the 20% binder in this study was so thick is that the chrome rubber used in Australia, the 30 mesh is actually quite a lot finer than the one used in California. So once we had a set of uh, data to um, for the lab blends, we then use these to propose specification limits for binders containing nine and 18% rubber. The method that we used depended on the test and I'll just briefly go through it here. In terms of viscosity at 165 results for the 9% chrome rubber, I went back to an ancient version of the Australian PMB specification ATS3110 and discovered that Originally, there were specifications for crumb rubber grades for sprayed sealing applications, which included crumb rubber contents between five and 20%. When I had a look at the numbers for viscosity for all those binder grades, the maximum viscosity was 4.5 pascal seconds maximum, which was indicating that the maximum viscosity for a a binder that can be effectively used in sprayed sealing was 4.5 pascal second maximum. So due to that old version of the um, Australian PMB specification, a maximum of 4.5 pascal seconds was um, proposed for the 9% chrome rubber binder. In terms of the 20%, 18% chrome rubber binder, I basically took the current TMR Main Roads, Western Australia, APA specification and adjusted the range, those viscosity ranges to 165 using the correlation between the US tests and Australian tests that were done in the study. The next set of four tests were calculated using the shift factor method, which I'll go through in the next slide. And the other four tests were basically taken as the same values as S45R in the Australian spec. In terms of the shift factor method, uh, specified ranges in these tests were calculated using the equations that I've got on the, the slide. Basically what those equations do is say, what's the lower spec limit for S45R and compare the binder test results for the desired blend with the S45R binder result. So it's basically saying if the binder test result is 20% higher than the S45R lab blend result, then the spec limit's proposed to be 20% higher than S45R. So for an example, the lower torsional recovery limit for an 18% crumb rubber binder was determined to be 61, which is what we got for the 18% chrome rubber binder divided by 49, which is multiplied by the minimum spec for S45R. That works out at about 20% higher for the 18% rubber than the S45R. So we've increased the spec limit for the 18% rubber 
by 20% over the S45R. We did that for all the test properties um, and there are currently values for torsional recovery and softening point and consistency 6% in the ATS 3110, but there aren't any values for S45R for stress ratio. So I determined an, an appropriate limit for stress ratio for S45R by analysing the results of 41 production batches from different suppliers. Based on all that work, um, I've come up with some proposed specification limits for the 9% nominally chrome rubber binder to be used in sprayed seals and the 18% chrome rubber binder that's been, um, that can be used in asphalt. I've also included the details of S45R there because um, there's been a small change that um, BSTG have agreed that stiffness tests will be taken out of the specification in the future and related and change to stress ratio tests. So there's a stress ratio test number in the proposed spec. Now I'd just like to note that there's proposed specification limits for the A18RF relate to a binder prior to the addition of a warm mix additive. And that's basically been done because all other PMBs in ATS 3110 are specified to be tested prior to a warm mix additive. I was a little, as you can see, the process that I've used to um, work out the specification limits, I really wanted to do a double check on that to see if we were getting the, um, the right numbers. And as I said before, um, and a binder that contains C170 bitumen and 18% chrome rubber is normally the same as an S18RF binder. There are some specs for some tests for S18RF already in the spec. So what I tried to do is compare the, the spec numbers I'd come up with, with the spec numbers for S18RF and if things work, they should be about the same. So if you have a look at the proposed specifications for the A18R binder, I got 31 and, and 62 in torsional recovery and softening points, and they match up quite well with the current specified properties for an S18RF binder. And as in the case of all specification limits, um, they're included in ATS 3110. These will further be discussed at Ostroge Berserk prior to them being included in ATS 3110. The final section of the webinar is on the asphalt performance testing that we did during the project. And just as a reminder, the aim of the asphalt testing was to compare the asphalt performance of the binders which contain C170 bitumen and different levels of crumb rubber. And we looked at nine, 15 and 18%, as well as C, 320 bitumen and A15E controls to ascertain how the level of rubber in a binder affects asphalt performance. And just as some background, A15E grade PMBs normally contain about 5% SBS polymer, and I'll put the two equivalent, the um, European grades and the US grades equivalent to C320 bitumen and C170 bitumen. The laboratory asphalt performance tests used the same 14 mil gap graded asphalt mix, which was used in 
NACO project P75. The reason we did that is that in the NACO project, um, the asphalt performance of four crumb rubber binders, three Australian crumb rubber binders, and one US binder was compared. So by using the same asphalt mix and the same asphalt um, mix design, we could, um, we've actually created a data set which includes the crumb rubber binders included in this project, as well as the ones in the NACO project. Now, this mix, if you remember back, was actually the mix that was used in the Jacobs Well trial in Queensland in June 2018. In terms of uh, preparing the mixes, all the mixes were conditioned and compacted at 145 to mirror the process used in NACO studies. And the mixes contained four different aggregate components, 1% hydrated lime, 0.3% fine fibre, and 7.8% binder. Now I'd just like to, when we have a look at the asphalt results, reflect the fact that all the mixes contain 7.8% binder, which included the mixes with the, the PMB and the C320 bitumen. That C320 bitumen mix was actually too rich and was quite sticky, but what, what the aim of the asphalt work was to look at the, the binders how the binders compared, and if we had have used a different binder content for the C320, it could have been the, um, the binder content rather than the binder. And as I'll say, mixes containing crumb rubber binders normally have higher binder contents than those containing unmodified bitumen. So because the C320 bitumen has um, more binder than probably what's needed to actually make a road, I'll just say the fatigue test for the C320 come up better than what they would if you'd actually used it in road construction. In terms of the asphalt tests, we did uh, four tests, which included volumetrics, where we looked at the air voids after 75 Marshall blows at 145. And we basically used the air voids to look at the ease of compaction of the asphalt mix. We also did resilient modulus tests to look at asphalt stiffness at intermediate road temperatures, Hamburg wheel tracking to look at rut resistance and moisture sensitivity, and fatigue tests at 20 to look at mixed cracking performance. This shows you the results that we got in three of the asphalt tests, the air voids after 75 Marshall blows, the resilient modulus at 25, and the handbill wheel tracking results. In terms of the air voids, the C320 and the A15 were similar, but the air voids went up as the crumb rubber content in the binder increased, indicating that increasing the crumb rubber content in the binder made the asphalt harder to compact. The resilient modulus results, we got a, a number of 1880 for C320, a bit lower for the PMB due to the presence of oil in the PMB. And then the 9% crumb rubber was slightly higher than the C320 and the 15 and 18 was slightly higher than that, but quite similar. So overall, it's slightly increased the resilient modulus. In terms of the um, rutting performance, we saw the biggest effect on the crumb rubber binder where the C320 had the highest wheel tracking depth. So it was most susceptible to rutting. 
that was followed by the 9% rubber and the 15% rubber, the 18% rubber, and the 18% rubber real tracking performance was similar to an a, the A15E grade binder. I'll just finally go through the fatigue test results that we obtained from each of the different binders. And what I've got a, here is a plot of the log 10 of the fatigue life at 20 versus the log peak strain level that was applied. And basically here, I've shown the plots that we got for the C320 bitumen and the A15E, um, as well as the fatigue results that are plotted. We also worked out values of E6, which is the um, strain level that gives a fatigue life result of 1 million cycles. As you can see from these figures, the E6 value for the uh, A15E was 830 microstrain, where the C320 was 196 microstrain. And based on these results, the beams containing A15E showed a lot better fatigue performance. In terms of the fatigue performance for the crumb rubber binders, we found that it was actually quite complicated because the amount of crumb rubber not only affected the fatigue performance as a single strain, but it also affected the slope of the fatigue curve. So this plot here basically shows you in red, the ones for the 9% crumb rubber binder, the 15% crumb rubber binder and the 18%. What we found at a strain level of 350 microstrain, the fatigue performance of each of the three crumb rubber binders and as well as the C320 bitumen were very similar. At lower strains, there seemed to be a difference between the crumb rubber binders with looking at this plot, the 9% showed a lower fatigue life at 150 microstrain and the 15 and 18, there's a slight difference, but overall they're quite similar. So in terms of summary in the asphalt fatigue tests, we found that the beams containing the crumb rubber binders and C320 showed similar fatigue performance at 350 microstrain. And when I did a statistical analysis, the fatigue life results at 150 microstrain, a lower microstrain followed the order 9% crumb rubber with the 15 being similar to the 18, followed by C320 bitumen. Again, I'm saying this is with the same binder content in the asphalt mix. It was a bit surprising to, to find this order uh, because I thought that the rubber binders would be better than C320 bitumen. So I did some additional fatigue tests on the C320 bitumen that we used to make the blends because if that particular C320 bitumen was, was more susceptible to cracking, that may be dry, dragging down the fatigue results for the crumb rubber binders. When we did that test, we did find out that the C320 bitumen that was used to produce the crumb rubber binder blends did crack more. So that was contributing some to the low um, fatigue performance we were seeing with the crumb rubber binders. There's quite a bit of information in the report into this. And basically it seems that the crude source of the bitumen that's used to produce the crumb rubber binder appears to affect the fatigue performance of the crumb rubber binder in asphalt. So I'd just like to do a, a, a summary and conclusions of the results of the study. 
during the study, we've done four literature reviews into different crumb rubber related areas, which are in the dot points that are listed on the slide. Um, we've done binder specification proposal work to develop specification limits for two new crumb rubber binder grades, S9R and S18R, which normally contain 9 and 18% crumb rubber. And these proposed limits will be further discussed at Austroge Berserg prior to them being included in ATS 3110. And finally, the results of asphalt testing appeared to indicate that increasing the level of crumb rubber in a binder made the asphalt harder to compact, slightly increased the resilient modulus and improved asphalt rutting performance. The fatigue performance of the crumb rubber binders were complicated um, and the C320 bitumen and crumb rubber binders showed similar fatigue performance at 350 microstrain and the fatigue performance followed the order 9% less than 15 is about the same as 18, less than 320 bitumen at 150 microstrain when the same binder content was add, included in each asphalt mix. And in terms of the asphalt test that we did, the beams containing the A15E binder showed the best fatigue performance. So that's the end of the, of the webinar. So it must be time for questions. Yes, we do have a few questions uh, and a couple of comments. So I will start with a general question, Robert. So uh, can you tell us how is crumb rubber made? What uh, happens to the steel in radial tires? Um, is it removed or grounded to dust? Um, from the time I went out to the, the, the tire, crumb rubber tire manufacturer, basically the tires are cut with very large knives that just go and just cut it all up. Um, and the metal is removed with big magnets. So the, the crumb rubber is just the rubber and the, the metal has, has gone away. Thank you. Um, there's another question here. Um, so does a higher percentage of natural rubber in crumb rubber benefit the use? And if yes, so how? Um, we've done some studies that have been done in Warwick. We've, we've had a look at the difference between um, car and truck tyres, and the which is the truck tyres contain more natural rubber, and we haven't actually seen that much difference in the binder test results. We haven't done the asphalt test results yet, but there doesn't seem to be too much difference between um, the natural rubber content doesn't seem to make too much difference. The biggest difference you see uh, with crumb rubber seems to be if it's cut up, as I said, which is done at ambient temperature, or it's done, it's crushed by a cryogenic process where you um, freeze the rubber and then smash it, that cryogenic process rubber doesn't seem to be as good as the uh, the normal process that you do at room temperature. Fascinating. Thanks, Robert. Um, so next question, is there any preference for crumb rubber produced just by shredding granulate or further processed by milling uh, powder? And if so, is this referenced in the specifications? Um, I don't know the answer to that. The 
there, as I said, there's a, the cutting up process in um, that's done by most Australian manufacturers um, rather than milling. The, the basic size of the rubber is is um, included in the specification in terms of the grading of the rubber, and that's that's all we've had a look at. We did have a look at studies where they looked at different particle sizes and it really didn't seem to make that much difference other than the viscosity at high temperatures. Okay, um, so what could be the simplest means of assessing the impact of C170 used for an asphalt binder? And similar, what about the lifetime performance of a seal binder? Impact of C170 source? Um, this, the C170 source will um, change the binder test properties um, in terms of um, exactly what softening point that you get for a particular chrome rubber binder. Um, I've done some studies in the past where I've used different bitumens and you get the same sort of um, changes with rubber content but the, the slope of the lines will be different and that's one of the reasons in this project I didn't just take the lab blend results I tried to take the um, the percentage change to try and account for the, the differences with the C170 bitumen. Basically um, in terms of asphalt performance the, the type of C170 bitumen in terms of fatigue test seems to be quite complicated and I've gone back and looked at previous work that I've done in Ostrode's projects as well as stuff that John Oliver did in the 1980s and there does seem to be an effect of the base bitumen source on both the its inherent fatigue and how much the fatigue is improved when you add a certain amount of chrome rubber. So it's, it's rather complicated. Um, thank you, Robert. We have a couple of questions about the performance um, of asphalt and uh, impact of crumb rubber on vehicle tyres. Um, so question one, is there a difference between the performance of asphalt uh, that contains uh, vulcanised crumb rubber and unvulcanised crumb rubber? There will be. Um, the vulcanised... Um, I didn't actually look into unvulcanized crumb rubber in the study. Um, I believe it's easier to put into to bitumen, but I know there's been some studies done in New Zealand um, by Phil Harrington to have a look at unvulcanized crumb rubber as a possible means that crumb rubber could be introduced into New Zealand. Okay, um, and the question about performance. So how um, does the performance of vehicle tyres compare uh, on asphalt with and without chrome rubber? The performance of vehicle tyres? Yeah. Okay. I don't think, if, if they're talking about the wear on the tyres and stuff like that, I wouldn't think there was too much yes. difference because uh, the crumb rubber particles are, uh, are quite small. So whether I, whether it would make your tyres wear out quicker or not, I don't think it would. All right, thank you. Um, 
So next question, would using a C320 asphalt with a more typical binder content provide more comparable results? Um, what it, as I said in the study, what we wanted to do was to compare the performance of the binders in the study in terms of can we compare apples and apples? So we, we're mm -hmm. basically trying to um, compare the strength of the different glues that you've stuck the stones together. If we had have changed the binder content of the C320, then we wouldn't have known whether the, particularly the fatigue performance was due to the C320 or whether it was due to the, the fact that we put in um, less. So what we tried to do is keep all things constant in the study. And what I'm trying to emphasize here is the ranking has come out a bit differently because we've tried to look at the fatigue performance of the different glues rather than whether we put less in. Um, so you would expect the fatigue performance of the C320 would be lower than the crumb rubber binders if you put a lower binder content in there. But again, okay. we were trying to compare apples with apples and how strong are the different glues. Thank you. Um, so next question. Um, has there been any consideration of the effect of crumbed rubber on long-term aging? Um, there have been some studies done. Um, mm -hmm. And basically what they've found is that if you look at the hardness of the binder with the crumb rubber in it, the binder hardens at a slower rate than what bitumen does. Now, based on all the work I've done on fatigue on the years, I don't think it's exactly known what that means. From a simple thing, if the binder's softer, the fatigue performance may be better over over time, but we've done some studies with PMBs where we haven't seen that's the case. But all, yeah, I can, all I can say is there's been a number of um, studies done looking at the long-term hardness, and we've also done some crumb rubber binders at the Cooper PD trial site, and we mm -hmm. have definitely seen that the crumb rubber binders harden at a slower rate than bitumen. Thank you. All right. Um, have you done any comparison of lab blends with commercial blending equipment? Um, not in this job. I did in the previous job. Um, but no, they, it wasn't in the project scope to to pay thirty thousand dollars for to purchase a a batch of binder to test. All right. Um, Give me one second. Um, so with regard to the binder used in the asphalt assessment, what was the corresponding differences in air void contents at 75 blows? What was the difference? Mm -hmm. I'll have to in air void contents. That's one of the slides I'll have to 
tell you which slide it is. I'll just have to yep. look. Mm -hmm. uh, slide 40. So they're the air voids results we got after 75 Marshall blows. So the C320 and the A15E were pretty close at 2.4 and 2.6. The 9% rubber was 3.9, the 15 was 4.8 and the 18 was 6. I think that's the answer to the question. All right, thank you. Uh, okay. When you say 350 micro strain, uh, that's the applied strain in the strain control test. Normally, asphalt testing is maximum of 200 micro strain. What was the reason for testing at higher strains? Um, the, the asphalt T tests were done using the standard asphalt fatigue protocol which goes up to the strain levels that um, we were we're using i'm not sure where the question has got that 250 micro strain is as far high as you can go mm -hmm. all right um one more question is there any consideration for future studies on the acoustic benefits of crumb rubber asphalt of a traditional asphalt, LGA and DG, um, basically we're talking about tire noise. Yeah, there's a, I didn't go into too much detail. I didn't go into any detail in this. There is a section um, of the report where I have a look at the, the noise benefits of crumb rubber asphalt. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a number of studies that have been done in the US if you compare the noise of a crumb rubber gap graded asphalt with a concrete pavement, you will see a big noise um, reduction in noise. But if you compare, uh, say, a gap graded asphalt with, with um, bitumen in it to a gap graded asphalt with a crumb rubber binder in it, the studies are basically seen between no noise reduction to a smaller amount of noise reduction. Uh, but the numbers are in um, that section of the report on, on the benefits and impediments to using crumb rubber in road construction. Thanks, Robert. And the report, you can download it either from our website or from the handout section uh, in the webinar. Right, uh, one more question. So how many years of life uh, does CRMB asphalt pavement have? How many years of life? Um, there isn't, I'll be honest, there, there, there doesn't seem to be a specific number. Um, when I did the literature review, there's a lot of reviews saying that the crumb rubber binders last longer, but there didn't seem to be any actual numbers in, in the literature that I could find. Thank you. Um, and I just took us to slide 33, uh, and the question in relation to this slide is, the denominator of the formula is S45R performance related. Was the S45R supplied by the industry or fabricated in the lab? 
if supplied by the industry, how many samples uh, and from how many suppliers were sourced. So probably various suppliers produce different S45R. Yep. So the, the S45R that was produced, we made it in the lab. The reason was because we knew that was the same type of bitumen and the same type of crumb rubber. The reason I've tried to do it this way is because the current S45R spec was developed based on the range of binder suppliers. So it gives you a range depending on all the different formulations. And I've used the lab blend results to shift that range, which includes all the storage methods, all the different types of bitumen across a bit to account for the difference in formulation of the material. And we made the S45R, it normally contains 15% rubber. So we made an S45R with 15% rubber in it. And we made sure it met, was mid range in the spec um, for our comparisons. Okay, and that was the last question. I do have a couple of comments here. So one uh, is in relation to slide 19. Uh, and the comment here is the asphalt binder design profile is used mainly to measure the effects of storage on the asphalt rubber binder. So I'm just reading it out and if you want to comment on that or, or not. Yeah, and another that, yeah. yeah, I'll just say that's true. All I'm saying, yeah, that lab testing is not done in, in, in Arizona and it's also not typically done on all the other PMBs in ATS 3110. So it, it, the aim of the project was trying to align things. So that's what I've tried to do. Mm -hmm. And last comment. So asphalt manufactured with crumb rubber uh, modified binder should be done at lower um, mixed temperatures as possible. So this means a WMA needs to be added to maintain mix uh, workability at a reduced mix temperature. So ideally this should be included in the assessment of binder properties. Again, what I've tried to do in this project is, is not make crumb rubber binders the special case that are different to other types of binders. So currently you can use other PMBs and warm mix additives. So mm -hmm. you can use an A15E or an A20E. But when you test that binder, you test it without the warm mix additive. That's what the spec said. So what I've tried to do is rather than make crumb rubber binders a special case, try and harmonize it with everything else. So the properties are without the warm mix additive and you can add the warm mix additive after. Thank you. Uh, and there was one last question here, but I think you might have answered it already when we talked about the performance um, of pavement. So the what's the durability of carriageway uh, when you're using crumb rubber? So I think you've covered that. Yeah, yeah, there's no specific yeah. numbers. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's the end um, of our Q&A. Thanks so much to everyone for your questions and thanks, Robert, for your answers. Uh, I'm going to take us to the future webinar slide. Um, and before we let you go, I will say a few words. Um, what sessions we have uh, 
on our schedule. Just let me organize my screen. So we have four sessions coming up. Our next session is on the 14th of October and we will focus on pavement assessment methodologies for performance-based standards vehicle access. On the 19th of October, uh, join us for a webinar with world-renowned cycling experts, uh, John Pucha and Ralph Buller. They will share some insights from their book, uh, Cycling for Sustainable Cities. On the 26th of October, we will talk about the new pathway for the implementation of nationally harmonized temporary traffic management practice. And in November, uh, we will have a session to discuss a strategic review of the guide to traffic management. So visit our website for more information and to register if you haven't already. Um, and before we wrap up, as usual, after we close out today's session, uh, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen. So please take a couple of minutes to send us your feedback. We do read it all and it really helps us to know what you liked, what you didn't like, um, and what we need to do to improve our future webinars. So once again, um, today's session is being recorded and we will let you know when the recording is available on our website. Thanks again, uh, everyone. Stay well and safe and enjoy the rest of your day. We will see you next time.